This is a Locker Room Production. And it is a locker room production. It is June second, twenty twenty first. You are now rocking with the best. It is keeping it two hundred live again. And it is the first podcast episode in June. Episode fourteen was gonna actually come on here, just talk about NBA, but that's gonna be another separate show. Already on top of another separate show that I'm gonna have to do. Because I've not been able to watch WWE's Monday Night Raw and NXT. I've watched some of both shows, but I've not been able to finish both. Going to the doctor, having to get ready to move. However, did finish up all the NBA stuff and all my NBA notes. But couldn't do that because as soon as I tried to, WWE releases more talent on just a Wednesday. Shout out to Blue Bucks Clan for the song Risk to open up keeping it 200 today on our episode 14. Um, if anybody um, on Locker Room does come live to want to chat and give their opinions on the WWE releases, go for it. Um, because, you know, I'm going to be able to talk about some of it, but it, it probably won't be as long as a show as what a lot of people will probably be thinking um, because I have to, we're just literally just going to be talking about the WWE releases today, um, as reported by Fightful first and then WWE on its Twitter account. Um, Braun Strowman, Aleister Black, Ruby Riot, Lana, Santana Garrett, and Buddy Murphy were all released today. Um, this was more shocking than any of um, them, especially the Braun Strowman one, because... It wasn't like Braun is not being pushed heavily on TV. It's like Braun is still a character that that could sell tickets and is someone that WWE does like pushing because Vince McMahon is really a big fan of the big guys and Braun can really work men given the opportunities in a lot of matches. So that was very shocking. Aleister Black is probably more shocking than Braun Strowman because they brought Aleister back, back to TV. And when I've done my Friday Night Smackdown reviews, I'm not a fan of the vignettes that Aleister Black were cutting, but I guess Bruce Pritchard, Vince McMahon, and others in charge were not a fan of the cutting promos neither, and we're just not a fan of Aleister Black's work in general. Um, of course, Black was getting ready to feud with Big E after he cost Big E the Intercontinental Championship in a Fatal 4-Way match on Smackdown a couple of weeks back. And they brought Black back for nothing. And Big E looked like an idiot for nothing, losing the championship. And, you know, I've said, but I said this here before, they weren't going to push Apollo Crews as the Intercontinental Champion. Apollo Crews is not the focal point of being pushed. It is 
Commander Aziz, the six foot ten um, manager that Apollo has. But Black being released after not even getting three weeks is very, very shocking. Um, my thoughts on the Alistair Black release is, you know, I wasn't a fan of the vignettes, but I'm not a fan of anybody's vignettes really in WWE. I've just never been. But I honestly thought that if Black were to be in this feud, I thought Black would at least get at least a decent push. Would he be pushed to the moon and probably win a championship? Probably not, um, unless, you know, unless they put a championship, unless they gave the Intercontinental Championship to a babyface, and then Black, as a heel, would win. But I did not think Black was going to be released like this because they brought him back to TV for nothing and had him do vignettes for nothing for all those weeks. So, uh, more of a waste of time on WWE's part than Aleister Black's part. Uh, Ruby Riot, um, she hasn't really been doing anything in the company. I know, um... She was her and Liv Morgan did form back up the Riot Squad last year with no Sarah Logan because Sarah Logan was released last year and then was pregnant and then Sarah Logan decided to just retire from wrestling for the time being and now Ruby Riot um, released which means Liv Morgan's the only person left in the company. Um, I don't know if that means that Liv Morgan will get a push or Liv Morgan could be released in the next couple of hours, couple of days. You don't know because this was a spur-of-the-moment thing for WWE to just be releasing. Lana, CJ Perry, I'm not actually worried about. She's probably the most safe out of anybody for a job, not not in wrestling, but just the fact that she's actually, before, before WWE was shutting down third media deals with other parties, Lana was actually, I believe, in the top 10 most influenced women as far as net worth in social media last year during the pandemic with Fashion Nova and everything. And I believe she was like sixth. So CJ Perry is going to have a job in modeling or anything like that. But as far as wrestling, her husband Miro is on AEW and is the TNT champion. So more than likely in 90 days, she will more than likely be joining Miro. Um, Santana Garrett, um, Santana Garrett has actually been in WWE in for the last two years. Fun fact about Santana Garrett, her and Tay Conti were the first match ever to beat AEW in a quarter rating. That happened back in October of 2019, or, or a little after October of 2019. Be, I believe it would have been about November or, um, or so in 2019. But they beat AEW for a quarter. And Santana Garrett and Conti, um, and Santana Garrett never got a push. Actually, she never did on television. Um, she was with the company for two years in NXT, and uh, there were rumors about her being brought up to go to SmackDown, but they never came to fruition. And of course, now it's not going to happen now. Um, and Buddy Murphy, the last of all of them, who there's to me, this is actually more of this is happening a little too late than too soon. Because Murphy himself, you know, has not been on TV. And let's just recap what Buddy Murphy's last year as a TV character has been in WWE. He was with Seth Rollins. Then he left Seth Rollins' group um, after him and Seth Rollins, you know, basically took out Aleister Black's eye, Rey Mysterio's eye, tried to take out Dominic Mysterio's eye, then Black... I guess became friends with the Mysterios. There was supposed to be a relationship with him and Aaliyah Mysterio, but that didn't happen. So they just 
threw everything away, and then Buddy Murphy. Uh, like a month later, after Sephiroth came back, like literally two weeks later after Sephiroth came back on SmackDown, Buddy Murphy went to be back with Sephiroth again, and Sephiroth rejected him, and that was pretty much it. Um, Buddy Murphy to me is probably the most talented guy out of all the releases. I'm not trying to down Alistair Black, I'm not trying to down Braun Strowman or any of the women, but Buddy Murphy to me is probably the most underrated. If you have not, he's been on 205 Live, he was the Cruiserweight Champion, he never got any real shot of really basically doing a lot. When, when Paul Heyman was in charge of the Monday Night Raw, Murphy did have the push, he did have the stable where he was with Seth Rollins and the Authors of Pain, and then one of the Author of Pain members got injured, and then Murphy, you know, really never got a chance after the pandemic, really. So, to me, I am looking forward to maybe seeing who would actually get Buddy Murphy. I'm not, I don't know if AEW is going to go after Buddy Murphy, but you never know. I could definitely see TNA, or sorry, Impact Wrestling going after Buddy Murphy, or Braun or Aleister Black, and in 90 days, all of, the, all of these releases are going to have a new job somewhere with a new company. Um, whether that's Impact, whether that's AEW, whether that's Ring of Honor, whether that's New Japan, whether that's um, NWA. Um, because I, I've mentioned this here a couple of times that NWA does need some star talent. Um, I mentioned that, you know, I, I don't know about New Japan because New Japan is... It's, it's very weird to get over to the country and then you have to do quarantine and stuff. And then there are people that are signed to a contract with New Japan, but they can't go over there. Guys like Leo Rush. So they have to work the New Japan Strong Show in California in the dojo um, that New Japan owns. Um, but there's but, there, but I think all these releases are going to get a, you know, I, I believe everybody's going to be able to get a better, fresh start. I think the I think the person that probably will get the most touted will probably be Braun Strowman because Braun Strowman was more pushed than anyone on the television show. And Braun Strowman, it, it's very it's it, this was a very shocking one to me as well because you know, I I'm very shocked that Vince McMahon and company would actually release Braun Strowman seeing that this is a big guy, this is a guy that you know, he was just in the WWE Championship picture with Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania Backlash. And to release him, and it's not like Braun Strowman lost any matches really on the way out. It wasn't like he was buried heavily on the way out. He won his WrestleMania match against Shane McMahon. Um, so I could definitely see someone like AEW wanting to go ahead and bring him in in, in 90 days. And I'm pretty sure Braun is... in. And I'm pretty sure Braun, wherever he's going to go, he's going to have better matches wherever he goes because Braun's really going to really be like – to me, I, I think a lot of people you know, shit on Braun Strowman matches when Braun's actually had really, really good matches um, in WWE. But those were the, the big releases of today. Um, this is probably going to be the shortest – keeping it 200 podcast ever um a lot of people you know were also asking you know like why would wwe sign a lot of these people or why is wwe making all these cuts i, I did talk about this here last episode when discussing the aew double or nothing 
Um, and here's the reason why a lot of this stuff is now happening. Because if there was never a pandemic, if there never was a pandemic, a lot of these people would probably be under huge, heavy contracts. Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows, for example, um, on AEW would have been making $750,000 in WWE, um, you know, because they just didn't want them to go to any other wrestling company. And now when you... Now when the pandemic hit, here's what has happened. You know, when you're trying to put a company up for sale, you can't have all these big contracts. You really cannot. You really have to minimize so much because if you're trying to sell this company in a year or two or two years down the road, you don't want to be having all these big expenses. And also you have to make your stockholders happy. And WWE has even basically mentioned in their conference calls that if anyone has ever listened to them, that they have to – they even said to their stockholders that we're not going to have good financial quarters this year. And WWE wants to not make stockholders unhappy, especially when you especially when you want your stock to be up, especially when you want your stock price to be up, and you also want to try and break records that you – did last year which WWE is probably going to make the same money they did last year which is not good and it's not bad neither it's it means that they are still the most profitable wrestling company today even if you looked at net if you looked at net growth just net growth um or total wages whatever you want to call it they make more money than the UFC so it's not like they're broke they just want to pretend they're broke to WWE superstars. And, you know, if the pandemic never happened, I don't think you're seeing a lot of these releases. You might be seeing some releases, but you're not seeing a, a big majority of releases. You're just not going to. The reason you're not going to see a big majority of releases is because you're just – because if there's no pandemic, everything's going good. You're running shows live, and WWE right now is not going to be running shows. You know, you know, as far as far as this year too, you have to look at this year. WWE is not going to be selling out everywhere they go. They they they've basically sold out Money in the Bank, from what I was told. But the Raw show they've not sold out. The SmackDown show did decent. Um, you know, and there's and you also have to look at this here too. You're gonna have to wonder how much especially especially if you're not even doing house shows so wwe in a couple of months says you know we can't do house shows because it's costing us more money and we're just going to only do live events on the monday shows the two um the tuesday shows if they do nxt and the friday shows of smackdown and our pay-per-views and that's all you really can do because and it's about it's about money i know a lot of people are upset about that but you have to also look at this here as another way here too. Every WWE superstar that was released today is still going to be paid for 90 days. So they are still a part of the company, which means they can still be used on TV. However, they can decline if they would like to not be on TV or not, because more than likely they're not going to win or anything like that. And then there might be, a, and then there might be WWE superstars that might want to come back 
for lesser money. Um, but it would kind of be bad to do that, you know. Um, but that, but that's just how it's going to be for right now, you know. You know, uh, but that's that's WWE for you. You know, you have to look at this here. It's more of a financial business now than it is about a business that's trying to make people happy. Remember, WWE is content creator. You know, as much as people want to get mad and say, well, WWE doesn't give you this and they don't give you that, they don't have to give you anything. They get a billion dollars from Peacock. They get a billion dollars from SmackDown. They get $465 million for that three-hour show on Mondays. They don't need to give you anything. They just don't. And that's not their goal right now. Their goal is to literally just make their stockholders happy and to give you shitty storylines and everything like that, you know? There are some storylines they're going to give you, like with the Roman Reigns, Jay and Jimmy Uso, and then you're going to get a shitty storyline on Mondays on Raw where, you know, where Ruby Riot and Charlotte Flair are, you know, losing to Nikki Cross in a two-minute match, and they really didn't lose. They just, you know, couldn't pin her in two minutes, you know? But that's, but that's just how it is. But this is all for the Keeping It 200 episode 14. This was basically a breaking news story. We're coming back again with episode 15 covering the NBA playoffs the last two days. This was the Keeping It 200, though. Um, If anybody, you know, has opinions or anything, you know, just let me know in the comments section. And make sure to check us out on Spotify and other stream platforms. This is all for Keeping It 200. See you next time. Peace.